Podcasters Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. In my darkness, set me free. And I hear the Spirit calling me. Hello, this is Pastor Shane Eidelman of Westside Christian Fellowship. Because pastoring can be difficult, challenging, and exhausting, Pastors Unplugged is specifically designed to encourage those in pastoral ministry. I hope you enjoy this episode of Pastors Unplugged. Hey, hello everyone for this episode of Pastors Unplugged. It's where I try to pick up topics that are more relevant for pastors and those in Christian leadership uh, than just those who are not. And the topic today is one of the questions that has come in mainly from younger pastors. How do I really, in quotation marks, really, how do I really prepare a sermon? So boy, how much time do we have? The short answer is what I'm going to talk about now. The long answer, of course, is you can get, I've got books at home on, you know, they call it homiletics and hermeneutics, you know, how to study the Bible, how to prepare sermons. And there's a lot of great uh, points in those books. There's a lot of um, insight. And so I would never discourage that, but I've seen a lot of people with head knowledge and not heart knowledge. Uh, they've got degrees and they've got book knowledge, but they don't have any life experience. So what can happen is they speak over people, meaning let's talk about um, the background of a certain apostle and a prophet in the historical context and the eschatological overview of the ramifications of what could transpire. And, you know, it's just way over their heads when you've got people in the pew whose marriages are falling apart, whose lives are being destroyed by the enemy, who came in and this is their last hope. And you have to speak prophetically and boldly into the lives of these people. Now, with that said, there are different callings, different giftings. So you'll have someone who is a gifted teacher. They give a great introduction to a book of the Bible and really give some historical context. And they really make it come alive and applicable to those who are listening. And so that's incredible. Uh, you've got others, though, that are more preachers. Um, and then you have, you know, preaching, meaning that that voice crying in the wilderness, that that strong, maybe uh, tone in their voice, that urgency and evangelist and more like, you know, the Billy Grahams and things like that. So you have a lot of different uh, people with different giftings, different callings. Uh, and so you have to find what works best for you. My thought is how to really prepare a sermon well, sermons are really prepared in the prayer closet before God prepares the message through leading you. He prepares the messenger. So the true definition D Martin Lloyd Jones said, and I would recommend his book, preachers and preaching very incredible book. The last chapter, he talks about the endowment of the spirit, the empowerment of the spirit, which is absolutely vital. So I would say start there. Actually, you have to start with salvation. <laughs> Many pastors today are not saved. You know, they're flying the wrong flag on their church building and they're just not in a good spot spiritually. They're not even saved. There's a lot more than you would believe. So you have to start with salvation. Do you truly know Christ is Lord and Savior? Have you repented of your sin and, and all that 
to, to say the next big step would be a mighty filling of the Holy Spirit. So are the, is the, is he filled mightily with God's spirit? Is he in the spot of complete brokenness and humility? Is he spirit led? Is he being directed by God's spirit? And that is so important uh, because without that, you know, without that spirit infusion, that's why some sermons seem dead and lifeless and others come alive because the spirit of God is speaking boldly and prophetically through that person. So what I would begin with is obviously salvation, but then are you truly filled with God's spirit? Are you trying to impress people with your, with your PhD and your um, master's degree and where you went to seminary and, and because you're so eloquent, you have an incredible gift to speak. And it's all about, you know, three points in a poem and man, look at the sermon. It's dialed in that that's not the right heart. Um, you've got to really get to that spot of brokenness and humility. I think that's one reason that God has used me because I'm utterly dependent upon him. I am not a public speaker. I was a construction worker. Uh, struggling with dyslexia and reading words and my mind, the way my mind thinks sometimes cannot get the right word out. And I, you know, I, I would not say I'm an eloquent orator. You know, I look at people like I, I love Adrian Rogers, uh, incredible gifted speaker. I even like, um, you know, people that um, from obviously John MacArthur is a teacher and Alistair Begg. And then I, I would look at Adrian Rogers more as a preacher uh, and I like, uh, you know, just a lot of the same people you do. Spurgeon was great. What Spurgeon would do would actually take a verse and uh, consider it topical. He's topical. He'd take a verse and he'd just unpack it, bring you back to Christ. And that's why some people say, it's, it's funny. I know one pastor who says the only type of sermons should be expositional, ex expository type preaching. And then when he was asked about Spurgeon, he said, well, 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 Spurgeon was gifted and God gift him in that area. So God doesn't gift other people in that area too. Now, if you're topical, a good topical preacher also expounds the scriptures. They won't just take a verse out of context. Usually when I go topical, I've got dozens of scriptures and you're building a theme. And that's what really theology is. It's systematic theology is it's taking you through the whole attributes of God, the whole dynamics of the spirit filled life, the whole, uh, the whole workings of church government and things like that. And so <clears throat> I'm sorry, even though a person is topical, they can actually ex expound on the scripture. So that's the big difference. Um, and then, or do you start, you know, Calvary Chapel is famous for starting in Genesis and just going verse by verse by verse by verse. And, uh, it's, it's incredible and God used it. And that is definitely one way to do it. So my thought is I wouldn't get caught on. This is the only way to do it. Now, if you're topical, a lot of these famous guys, I mean, they're just, they're just not talking about, you know, the blood of Christ and sin and repentance and judgment. It's all touchy feely, good, emotional, motivational speakers. And that kind of topical is dangerous, but a good topical preacher like Spurgeon, you know, you can hit on all attributes of God and his will, his word, and you don't necessarily have to go through verse by verse. And so right now, normally I, I take a topic, but right now, but I've went through the book of James. I went through uh, the book of Matthew, took a few years, I, you know, so I've, I've done that right now. I'm going through the entire Bible, but I'm going principle by principle versus every single, 
you know, verse where when I get into the genealogy in Genesis, probably not going to spend a lot of time on every single name. Same with Leviticus and, and some of the things there and just giving an overview of the Bible. So my thought is, what is God calling you to do? What is your passion? What are you gifted at? And you prepare the sermon in the prayer closet. So I would go in what I, you know, come Monday, I have no clue what I'm talking about unless I'm going through the Bible like I am. So that helps. But sometimes I got, I got caught up on a, a, on a series on addiction when I was in Genesis for, for a couple weeks when Noah got drunk and talked about addiction. And, and so usually it depends on what I'm preparing, but as I'm praying, as I'm, you know, scripture can just come alive and really just man just ministers to me. And I, I see the three points right there or four points or five points. For example, I'll, I'll be reading and then I'm in Romans, the just shall live by faith. And that just, man, that just really sticks out. And that's a great sermon topic. What does it mean to live by faith and giving the historical context, the, the context of the scripture and, uh, and, and really just bringing that scripture to life and allowing God to lead you and speak on what faith is. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And faith is the substance of things hoped for. And what does that look like? And what do you mean the just shall live by faith and how faith saves us and not works. And so just comes alive. And then, or I'll be reading when I am topical and, you know, when Jesus uh, is just talking and he, and he tells them that wisdom is justified by her children. In other words, you'll know what is right by your fruit, by what is resulting from it. And what does it look like to have the, the fruit of God? What, what is the fruit? And, and you just expound upon that. So in other words, if it's a passion for me and it, it just ministers to me and it's man, some, sometimes it brings me, I remember working on Isaiah and just the, the, Oh God, would you rend the heavens? Would you come down that the mountains might shake in your presence? And I just chewed on that all week. And it was just incredible. And I was, w would weep over the presence of God, the power of God, the anointing of God. And Oh God, give us that today. And I just started to, to write down what he was putting in my heart. And then I spoke about it at rend the heavens. And that was the whole theme of rend the heavens is God ripping open the heavens and, and getting our hearts ready and preparing the soil. And then I'll be in the prophets and, uh, you know, Hosea, or a prophet will say things like, and they became an abomination like the thing they loved. And a sermon title would be, be careful what you love and how they can become an abomination like the thing they love, where we put our mind and our resource, our energy. And so to me, it's just in the prayer closet. It's life experiences. It's what does God want to say to his people? What's relevant today? What is the spirit leading me? So if you're going through books of the Bible, God can use that. If you're going to go topical, God can use that. But the key is to not to avoid hard doctrines, uh, to not to cherry pick, to just to just get through all of the the, the totality of scripture, because you can preach the totality of scripture, the weight of God's glory, the attributes of God, you can preach all of that and still be topical. Uh, but you have to be, you know, um, you have to be uh, diligent in that area. You have to be focused in that area and you have to be um, wanting to do the right thing and not just topical to, I mean, some pastors, it's just so it's, it's just, I don't know what the right word is. You can tell they're not spending a lot of time with God. They're spending a lot of time with people and they want to please people. So uh, anyway, I would prepare a sermon that way. I would start in the prayer closet. I would say, Lord, what do you want to do? I remember, I think it was Samuel Chaddock. He threw all of his sermons in the fire. He had all of these sermons prepared. They were 
polished. He had the Greek, the Hebrew broken down. He had the 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 um, the the hermeneutic laws of hermeneutics, where it, there are certain things about sermon preparation, you know, that are great. You know, a heading that really draws people in it should be sixteen words and under, and three points that are powerful and the people can connect in the application. And and there's a lot of things about hermeneutics, but also the preacher, the pastor, your personality also preaches. So what is going to work in Los Angeles and Inglewood is not maybe going to work in the area I'm preaching at or vice versa. And so who you are preaches my construction background, my being raw and being, you know, just a country boy and, and not being eloquent and not having big words at my disposal that I pulled from Webster's dictionary when I memorized 14 pages, you know, that's just not good. So my personality has to preach and you don't want to be embarrassed because of that. I remember we started the church, a church here in town, a fundamentalist type church said that we're really not a church because I never went to seminary. So I just feel bad for these guys because I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming sometimes their heart is right. They don't understand. Hey, did you know I can study the Bible on my own? I, did you know that? <laughs> you know, that is possible. You know, I read Spurgeon's lectures to his students. I read the Pauline epistles. I read systematic theology by Wayne Grudem and Norman Geisler and Charles Hodge just for fun. I opened up Calvin's commentaries and his institutes and, and I began to teach myself. And I think, you know, you can do that, but, um, so you don't have to follow a certain, um, you know, program or protocol. I think seminary is great for some people. I don't think it's good for some people, but it depends on what seminary, because you're going to come out of there taught, uh, the way they believe. And sometimes there's other views and especially on eschatology and the gifts of the Holy spirit and things like that. So just remember <clears throat> how to really prepare a sermon. Sermons are prepared in the prayer closet and the blessing of brokenness is so important. The absolute necessity of personal devotion. So I don't open the Bible at first to prepare a sermon and speak to others. I open the Bible first and foremost to let the Bible speak to me and get my heart in a spot where God can really, really use me and the words I'm going to say. And, and I, I should do a topic, you know, a podcast on the blessing of brokenness for the pastors to be humble and broken and teachable. And to, and from that humility, there's a mighty filling of the Holy Spirit that takes place. There's a boldness. There's a, when you step to the pulpit, there's a dynamic that takes place because you have spent time with God. That really is the key. I mean, we could talk about how to prepare the sermon, how to deliver the sermon, how to organize the sermon. But at the heart of it, it is a man on fire with the presence and power of God who has spent time with God and he's got something to say and how he says that, how he dresses, how he communicates is going to be different than other people. And so there are preachers, there are teachers, there are evangelists. I've seen some pastors who actually can, who actually sit down uh, with the microphone and they speak that way and they're teachers. And I'm like, I could never do that. I want to be moving around my body language and, and feeling the weight and the passion of God. And, and other people look at me and they're like, man, that guy, he's a little too loud. He's a little too kind of, um, you know, uh, just a strong personality and in your face and talks about controversial topics and, and kind of moves around a lot. I used to move around a lot more when I didn't have to just uh, sit there with the pulpit, you know, and looking at my notes. And so that's changed too. When I was speaking, uh, before I became a pastor, I actually would memorize my sermon notes 
So I, I would have a couple months to prepare for an event. I memorized my sermon notes. I went up there and didn't have any, any notes. Um, I would just speak to the people. I'd move around a lot and I had the points in my head and then I would put clothes, like a skeleton in my head. And then I would put clothes on that, that skeleton as I spoke. That's what Spurgeon advised as well. So when I became a pastor, I couldn't do that anymore. Cause it's hard to prepare a, you know, me- memorize an hour sermon. Plus you want to stick with a lot of the scriptures reading from Genesis that I'm in now and, and points and quotes. And so it, it's good as well, but I think there's times and how God designed you. It's really how God designed you, how he's going to use you. And you, when, when you try to fit into a certain mold or what people think you should look like, that's where you run into trouble. You know, for example, if people go and plan a church in Los Angeles, uh, might not need a suit and tie. You might need to put on some Levi's and wear some Nikes and relate, be relatable. Uh, if you're at a very conservative Baptist church, maybe suit and tie and you relate to those people. Uh, if you're more at the Mennonite or the Amish type environment and uh, homeschooling environment and family integrated church environment, you know, it's probably nice slacks and a collar shirt and um, you're going to preach your personality. So it depends on how you've, you've been called, how you've been gifted, how God has, has really spoken to your own heart, uh, your life experiences with money and marriage and raising kids and dealing with difficult people. That life experience speaks volumes into um, your messages as well, because um, you know, people, D Martin Lloyd Jones came from a medical background And so how he would deliver the sermon was very methodical and very organized like a doctor where, you know, my background was in construction. And then as many of you know, I became a district manager, managing partner with 24 hour fitness. And then now I'm a corporate executive in my twenties learning. I have to read profit loss statements. I have to answer to a board of director directors. I have a $300,000 goal each month I have to hit and I have to beat it by a good 6% over same store growth and things like that. And looking at numbers, looking at payroll, managing human resources. I can see how God used all that now for what I'm doing in the pastorate. And so other people don't have that experience. They have different experience and they're going to relate to people differently. And so, um, I, I just want to be careful. We're not judging others. Like, well, why aren't you like this person? And you have this degree and, and eloquent and, and your, your words are just pointed and they are powerful and they are clear and they are succinct. And you use these big theological terms of propitiation and, and well, that's not me. I'm going to be who I designed me to be and your God designed me to be, and you need to be who God designed you to be. And so I hope that helps in a nutshell. You could sum it up, prepare a sermon first by preparing your heart before God, being open to what he wants to say. I never, I don't, uh, you know, I don't never want to say never, but I don't prepare a sermon and say, okay, I wonder if they're going to like this point. Okay. Uh, you know what, this is going to, this is going to probably offend some of the big givers. If I use that illustration, um, you know, I've got a boy, we're trying to really grow this church. I got to really not step on too many toes. You know, I, I really don't consider that I spend time with God. I want to be humble and gracious and loving, but you know, I'm going to have to say some hard things. And often as I'm preaching, things come to mind. And so I've got to discern, is this God? <laughs> is this Shane Eidelman? Or is this anger? Is this frustration coming out? So normally I'll just, I'll pray, you know, Lord, help me with this. <clears throat> you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say this and Lord, I, pr- I pray it's you. And I know it's going to help people. It needs to be said. And, and so, you know, as you're spending time with the closer you draw to Christ through brokenness, humility, dependence, repentance, the more 
filled you are with the spirit and therefore your sermons can take on a new weight, a new authoritative weight. And you, you speak to life's issues. You speak uh, to, to what's going on, the conditions of the heart. And you have to have that brokenness, humility. It was said of George Whitfield that anytime he would preach on hell, there were tears coming off of, off of his cheeks. And so having that, that, that love, that true love for people, if you don't have it, ask God to give it to you. Cause sometimes I don't have it. I struggle just like you do. I get upset. I get bitter. I get frustrated. And, and I don't want to come out in my sermons. And what I'm hoping we can get back to at some point, I don't know how, but we used to have a worship on for an hour and a half, two hours every morning at 6 a.m. where a lot of us, it was up to 50, 60, 80 people, hundred people sometimes were just there at 6 a.m. Lights are down and worship is on. Uh, and we are just at the altar. God is really getting my heart ready. But then we had to start another early service to accommodate the growth of the church. And that kind of, you know, that kind of went to the wayside, even though we have an hour worship now at the first service, um, it's not that dynamic has changed a little bit. So personal devotional at home, personal worship at home, being a worshiper, just as much as you're being a worker. And basically the sermon comes out of that whole life. A.W. Tozer said, who a man is all week is who he will be when he steps to that pulpit. In other words, you can't just prepare something Saturday night and pray, okay, God, I pray you you just use this, but you're looking at, at porn throughout the week. You're watching movies you shouldn't be watching. Maybe you're experimenting with a little bit too much alcohol or um, taking some liberty with certain things. Maybe you're... Um, who knows? You know, you're just gossiping. You're putting down other churches. You're putting down other pastors. You're just kind of grown bitter. <clears throat> All of that is going to preach on Sunday. And so that's how and why it is important to get your heart right. So anyway, I hope that helped. If you're listening to this, please forward this on to other pastors who might need to hear this. And um, I think together we can just bring in another spiritual awakening. Additional support, you can visit my website, shaneidleman.com, where I will also write about many of the topics that we will be discussing. Sermons and free downloads of my books are also available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. That's westsidechristianfellowship.org. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality and Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these ebooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.